Okay, so as a Hakdama, so Revolba puts Hanukkah and Purim together in his Hakdama. Uh, Hanukkah and Purim, of course, are the two uh, Yom Tovim de Rabbana that were established by Chazal, both in reference to uh, moments of great tsar and moments of destruction for Klal Yisrael, in which Hashem came uh, together with the the partnership between the human activity and the Rebona Shalom gave us our great salvation. And uh, Revolba frames the Yom Tovim in uh, an idea that we've been speaking about a lot, given the, pers- the, 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 the trials and tribulations and the tsars that we're going through right now in the war in Eretz Yisrael, and that of the four Goliaths, uh, uh, the four exiles that the Jewish people will experience in our history. And it starts, as he starts here on the top of the uh, piece, right from the beginning of Chumash, the very second Pasuk in all of Torah, that phrase, that the world was astonishingly empty and it was darkness in the face of the depth, Chazal see in that phrase a reference, a rem as a hint, to these four exiles. And that's in these, uh, oh, that second paragraph. Uh, I underlined a couple of phrases there. Shimon ben Lakish That phrase, the land was empty. That's the first exile that the Jewish people are going to experience, the kingdom of Bavel. Quoting a Pasuk, skipping past the Pasuk, Vavohu, the phrase, the next phrase in the Pasuk, it was To, there's one exile, Vohu, astonishingly empty, Zumalchus Madai. That was the Persian Mede uh, exile, which brought us um, Haman and the Purim story. Bavel, of course, was the destruction of the first base I make. Madai brought us the Purim story and the desire of Haman to eradicate the entire Jewish people. V'choshech, the next phrase in the Pasuk, it was tohu vavohu, v'choshech, it was dark. Zumalchus yavon, that's the Greek exile. Shehechshicha eneyem shal Yisrael b'gzeiro sehen. Says the Medrash. And what was it about the Greek exile? They darkened the eyes of the Jewish people with their decrees. Shaisa Omerislam. They said to the Jewish people, Kisru al Karen Ashur, you have to write on the horn of an ox, Sha'in Lachem Chelak Beluke Yisrael. You have no no chilek, no portion amongst the Jewish people. That's a whole other shmooze for another time. Why Chazal phrase the Yavan? The, well, the obvious part is choshech, the idea of darkness. They darken the eyes of the Jewish people with their gzeras, which we will also have to talk about. If any nation, the, the wisdom, the chachma of Yavan would be called illuminating. They illuminated the world with their wisdom and with their culture, with their sculptures, with their math, with all the things that they created. Chazal seen it. No, 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 no. In the world, they were illuminating. But from a spiritual perspective, it was darkness. Yavan is choshech, is darkness. And then the idea of writing it on the Karen Hashor, that's a whole shmooze for another time, exactly the meaning of why, uh, why specifically on an ox, the horn of an ox. But what they, have to, what they make you write is, what they make Klal Yisrael, you have no chelek belokei Yisrael. You could be wise and you could be advanced, you could be part of the world, but you can't have a chelek, you can't have a portion amongst the Jewish people. Okay, but again, back to the Medrash. So we have Bavel is Tohu and Madai is, is Vohu, Choshech is Yavan, and then Alpinei Tohom on the face of the depth, Zumalchus Harisha. That's the wicked kingdom, which we'll see is Edom, the one that we're in right now. She'ein lo Chaker, it has like no end. Like the Tahom. We spoke about this in the Medrash a couple weeks ago in the Parsha on the dream. The Medrash says on the dream, the Ramban quotes, that Yaakov had the ladder. And um, we spoke about this in the Chumash here. The, the Medrash says that Hashem showed Yaakov these four exiles. 
And the first Malach, remember the, the Pasuk says they were Olim Viordim. First they were going up and then down. So all the Mephoshim have to discuss why, why they're going up first. They should have been coming if they were coming from Shemaim down. So Rashi has this famous piece that they're Malachim who accompanied Yaakov from Eretz Yisrael were leaving. But all the Mephoshim have, have, uh, have to say why are they going up first. So the Medrash says the reason why they're going up is because it represents their dominion in this world. And the first Malach went up uh, seven, uh, 52, uh, 70 rungs. That was Bavil, that reigned in the world for 70 years, and then it came down. And then the next Malach went up for 52 rungs. That's Madai, reigned in the world, the Persian Empire, 52 years, then it went down. And then the next Malach went up for 180 years, the Medjur, 180 rungs of the ladder, representing Yavan, that reigned in Eretz Yisrael for 180 years until the Hanukkah story, and even after the Hanukkah story, they continued to reign for 30 years beyond. They, their reign didn't end in Israel with the Hanukkah story. And then the last Malach went up and never came down, the Medjur says. It just went up and up and up and up, and it never came down. And the Malach says, the Medjur quotes the Pesach, like, Aha, I'm up here in the heavens. And Hashem says, the, the Medjur says, Even up in the heavens, I'm going to send you down. But that represents, the first three exiles were very limited. 52 years, 70, 70 years, 180 years. That's two, three generations of people. That's it. And the longest of them in, in Yavan was in Eretz Yisrael. There was a Beis HaMikdash, but it was still in exile. But this last exile that we were in from the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash is 2,000 years and counting. It just goes on and on and on and on to the degree that the Malach representing the Golo says, I'm never coming down. I finally defeated you. You're never going home. Shem says, even you are eventually are going to head back home. And all of that is to home. The depth, there's the, the ocean, the, the, it's just endless. And that's represented this last Malchus, the Malchus HaRisho'ah, She'ein Lochaker, like the Tahom, um, Af Rishon, there's no depth to the, the depravity of the, of the Rishayim, of the, of the exile. And then the Pasuk says, the Ruach Elokim But then, after all of that, the Spirit of Hashem will hover, so to speak, and Zu Ruch HaMelech HaMashiach, that's the end. We are, there's an end of the story, it's Tahom, it's endless, it seems. Endless, but uh, but the, at the end of the story, the end of the story is the ruach Elohim. That's the medrash. That's the medrash. We are at the we are mamish at the end. We are living at the end of this long, long tunnel. Uh, Rabbi Beryl Wine points out a lot. We're, we're starting Monday night this series on uh, controversies in Jewish history. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about the first year is going to be about the. Uh, uh, the Moranos uh, and the uh, Conversos of the post-Spanish, not about the Spanish Inquisition, but how did the Jewish people deal with those who had become Christian and wanted to come back? So Rabbi Beryl Wine speaks a lot in all these countries we're going to speak about in Jewish history, in the 1500s, 1600s, 1700s. If you were a Jew living in a small shtetl in uh, Eastern Europe, in White Russia, in Poland, during any one of these tra- pro- problematic periods of Jewish history, and, and you said to yourself, like, is there, is there a light at the end of this tunnel? We're, like, my, like, each one of the exiles was a short amount of time, 70, 180 years, 52 years. But let's say it went on as it did at, you know, after the year 70 of the destruction of, of, of Yushalayim. And then it's 100 years, and then it's 200 years, and then it's 600 years. And now it's the year 1,000, it's Rashi's time. And it's 1,000 years since the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. And then it's the 1,200s, and it's the 30. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. You're going through whatever trauma the Jewish people are going through, and it's, what is this leading to? And that was the way it was for a thousand years of Jewish history, from the year a thousand to two. And then all of a sudden, we live in an era where that's not the case. We, don't, it's, it's, we deal with the tsaras that we have right now very differently because, 
Like maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the one that's going to get us there. We just, we, there's a whole shift in the nature of Gullus with Eretz Yisrael as it is right now. Half of the world Jewish population has gone home. And it's a, just a different tsar that Klai Yisrael goes through as opposed to this, you're mired in this ocean. Where, where is this leading to? What happens next? We just don't think of it. We have a totally different conception of the problems that we go through because of the fact that there is, we're back in Eretz Yisrael. It's not a Geula yet. We're still, uh, we're still not there, but it's a whole lot closer than it was uh, in the mid-1700s. Got in white Russia going through some pogrom. Continuing on, bottom paragraph. There is, um, I'm sorry, I skipped a paragraph. Uh, Haremes has that, the second paragraph. Haremes has that, this hint, this medrash that we just read. These four exiles, it's not by chance that the Jewish people went through a Bavel who destroyed the Beis HaMikdash, who went through a Purim story in, um, in Persia, who went through a Hanukkah story with Greece. It didn't just happen that way. Hechrech mitzara bria atzma, into the bria. The Rebbe created in the very second Pasuk. He put in, this is part of what you're going to have to go through. You're going to go through tohu, vo, choshech, tohom, in order to get to ruach elokim. That's just the way that it's going to go. So he revolved, explain, expresses it as a nivra olam gashmi. It's a physical world. But the definition of something physical is it's not perfect. The Rebbe is perfect. Ruchnius is perfect. But Gashmius is not. Anything physical. And so that's part of the physical world is going to have imperfections. And therefore Chazal understood, understood whether Beruch HaKodesh or with her Kabbalah, that amongst the 70 nations we have these four kochos which oppose the Malchus Shemayim. And what are these four strengths? What do the four different exiles represent? Number one, the first, the Bavel, is a Yetzer Shlita Shalot L'Shem Shemayim. A Yetzer, a desire of a, of a Yetzer, of, of just, of, of pleasure, desire. That's not L'Shem Shemayim. The second one, skipping down a line, HaKorach HaSheni, Zeratun Lachtof Meha'olam Vilevloa, to destroy, to swallow whole. It's a different desire. A desire of a Yetzirah is one thing. A desire just to completely consume, to rip apart, is the Koach of, uh, of Achashverosh. And, and uh, Madai, the Koach Hashlishi of Yavon, is HaChachma, the power, the desire of wisdom. Uh, but not for a divine a revelation of wisdom, but wisdom just for wisdom's sake. That's the battle we face with Yavon. And the Koach HaRevi... Who klal kol hachesronos kulam? This fourth exile, this long exile of Edom, of Western civilization, is all of them. Desire, wisdom, a desire to consume, it's all wrapped up in one that we've dealt with over the last 2,000 years, and that is the Malchus, the Galos of uh, Edom. And there's a Yitzira, there's a, in this uh, creation in this world of an Uma, a nation that doesn't have these chesronos, and fights against them, and that's Klal Yisrael. And just like the Ovos he expresses, in order to bring out all of their kochos, went through nisionos, went through tests, trials, and tribulations, to bring out those kochos into the world, Klal Yisrael, throughout the history, b'mahalacha historia, he writes, has to be mochiach eshleimuso, has to create that shleimus. You know, we've been this example many times, you have an artist, tremendous artist with tremendous capabilities, and he's staring at a blank canvas, so can the artist say, you know, I'm so talented, I really could paint anything. So he says, very nice. So he says, I don't even want to, like, why do I need to paint this canvas? Because I can. 
I have the ability, I have the talent. So that's very sweet. But in, until you bring it out, paint it, so now you've created it. It's very nice to have it within your ability to build something, your ability to paint something. So Kalei has this within us. But it needs to be brought out. So unfortunately, a lot of these kochos are brought out through difficult times. Each one of the ability to withstand uh, a bovel and a yovel and, and the Purim story and, and uh, this exile that we are in uh, right now. He quotes the Gemara of Odazara, the at the end of days, um, when the nations will come and complain, like why we're getting such special treatment. So Hashem's going to say, Mikem yavo, you, the nations of the world, are going to testify to Klal Yisrael's strength. You're the ones who are going to say how amazing they were. This is what we spoke about yesterday. first says, you know, when, when, the, when Yaakov, at the end of the when dawn breaks, and all the nations see clearly, and they just want to leave, Yaakov says, not so fast. First you give me a bracha. First, you recognize that I've been the source of all of these great things that have happened in the world, even though you tried to stop me each and every time. You can't leave until you are actually, give me uh, that, uh, that bracha. Okay, last paragraph on the bottom, second page. We'll finish up with this. Hashem has had rachamim on us, and three of the goliaths are done. Golos Bovel was concluded with the end of the reign of the Babylonians. The Madai Golos was concluded with the nace of Purim and our return back to Eretz Yisrael. Golos Yovon with the Milchanas HaChashmonoim and the nace of Hanukkah. Even though, as a kind of note, the only one that we're going to go through, we're going to start Thursday night, Mirz Hashem. Hanukkah is the only Golos which took place in Eretz Yisrael with the Beis HaMikdash. You have a, you have a Golos in Eretz Yisrael with the Beis HaMikdash, it's still Golos. Because until you have the Shechina back in uh, Yerushalayim, uh, which left us after the first base of Mikdash, you're still in Gauls, even with the base of Mikdash in Eretz Yisrael. And this Inyan HaGeula HaAchrona is Bitul Hara V'Hizgalos Yichudo Yisbarach. What we are waiting for, this final Geula, is a nullification of all evil in the world and a revelation of the presence of Hashem, the Yichudo Yisbarach in the world. And that is what we are uh, waiting for. And each step along the way, as we celebrate the conclusion of each of the other Goliaths, so as we each, each the Hanukkah, and he's going to introduce Hanukkah and Purim, as we go through those days, is bringing out that component that was necessary from that particular uh, time. So, V'choshach, Hezum, Malchus, Yavon, since we know Yavon, again, was Choshach and darkness, who darkened our eyes, Kasher Bitlu Agzeros. So when, we, when the Chashmonayim stood up and they said, we can't have this, and Nizgalu Le'ein Kol, Ki Yechlem Chelek Be'lokei Yisrael, and revealed that indeed we do have a Chelek amongst Klal Yisrael, Le'amo Yisrael Lasa Tshuva Gedola, and that was the Tshuva and the Pirkan and the Redemption, and Hashem's presence is revealed, so to speak, through the Nase of Hanukkah, that's what we are going to, uh, that's a Me'ein, a little bit of the Geula Lo'asid Lavo, of this revelation, this presence, this miraculous uh, period of Klal Yisrael standing up and saying, we won't tolerate it, and there was a war that was fought in order to be able to do so, and that is what we are about to begin. Uh, that we're about to begin. I, I hope we will not receive this question, but it is a, uh, a fear that many Rabbanim have uh, living in different neighborhoods that for the first time in hundreds of years, literally, the question will be asked of, I'm not comfortable lighting my menorah in the front window. Now, we live in a little bubble here. I don't expect to receive this question so often, but there are many Jews who don't live in such a bubble, and it's not a safe place right now. It's a, this powder keg has been exploded. And um, that question literally has not been asked in, in a hundred, since we left Europe. I don't know that the question has been asked. Maybe there's still some Jews in Europe who ask that question. I don't know. It's possible. I'm sure it's possible. But... Um, and you, you had the uh, about the Brisbane uh, of Sarn. Mitzrayim is not one of the four. I mean, there was a Gullus of... We weren't a nation. Yeah, we weren't a nation. Yeah, true. Okay. 
Right, there's Yechidim, we were formed from the core Habaza, that formed us into, uh, into a nation. Yeah, I mean, it was, we were, it was called like a Gauzi, you know, sort of referred to that way, but yeah. But, uh, but here, here, in, here in America, to, to receive that, to think about that question coming is really a, a flip on it, like so fast. Like, well, who would have thought that question would even be thought about in the United States? Uh, really, you can't imagine parts of Brooklyn, a group of Arabs running around and just smashing the window of every house with a Hanukkah. So it's going to be asked. Hey, the, it's, the, not, the, the, it's not, an, it's not, a, it's not unfathomable whether the question should be asked, and it's not unfathomable, but uh, that's... But we're still going through all of these different uh, galios, each one of the exiles and the redemption from it, which we celebrate and which we acknowledge. And that's the yearning for this, his galus of the Rebbe Hashem's presence through the nisim, through the war. Like you see, the whole thing is playing itself out over and over again uh, throughout Jewish history. So it should be a week of uh, geula, mirz Hashem, a week of nisim, a week of uh, security and safety for all of our, uh, all of our soldiers fighting and all of our uh, uh, residents of Eretz Yisrael and all around the world, all around the world.